Get ready for season three of the Tron Grand Hackathon 2022 with a total of $1.2 million in prizes across Web3, DeFi, GameFi, NFTs, and the newly added Academy and Ecosystem tracks. The wait is over. Tron Grand Hackathon presented by TronDAO. To learn more, visit trondao.org. Eager to make more informed decisions around crypto using data you can trust? Chainalysis demystifies cryptocurrency by providing industry-leading compliance, market intelligence, and investigation support for all crypto assets for organizations like Gemini, Crypto.com, and BlockFi. Maximize your potential with the leading blockchain data platform by visiting Chainalysis.com the scoop now. This episode is brought to you by IWC. IWC Schaffhausen is a Swiss luxury watch manufacturer based in Schaffhausen, Switzerland. Known for its unique engineering approach to watchmaking, IWC combines the best of human craftsmanship and creativity with cutting edge technology and processes. Discover the full collection at IWC.com or download the IWC app to experience a virtual try-on now. All opinions expressed by hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and not necessarily those of the blocks. Podcast guests may have taken positions in the assets or other matters discussed in this podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. For full terms, visit theblockcrypto.com slash terms dash service. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Chaparro, editor-at-large at The Block, and today we have a very exciting episode for you. On the other side of the mic joining us is my guest, Matt Gold, founder and CEO at Unstoppable Domains. How are you? Doing great, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's it's definitely my pleasure, uh, again, to chat with you and get into what is going on over at Unstoppable Domains. Maybe for folks who are unfamiliar, you can give us the quick elevator pitch. It's kind of the the window into your soul, so to speak. Or, or I guess you could say like wallets are kind of the window into your soul. And, and this is like the sort of trappings around a wallet. It's like the identifier. I think that's right on point. At Unstoppable Domains, we make NFT domains. And we really like to think about these as uh, user-owned identities, so self-sovereign identities. And we want to get these to absolutely every single person on the planet. And you alluded to the first use case, which is anyone who's had a cryptocurrency wallet and you want to send crypto to somebody, you know that trying to copy-paste those really large hex ad addresses is painful. And what you can do is use a domain name like brad.nft or matt.crypto, and you can instead send crypto to that name it doesn't matter if it's bitcoin or litecoin or ethereum or anything like that and that's really the first use case for nft domains but if you think about it like you're kind of pointing out is that nft domains abstract out um, who you are on the blockchain right so instead of being that long blockchain address somewhere you can actually be your name and then that name can be the same if you're on bitcoin or on ethereum or wherever you are uh, so that people can find information about you and we're starting to see this happen with people using these nft domains as a part of their identity even switching it into their handles on on twitter and start adding 
more information about themselves back to those NFT domains. And we think this is a big deal because there really isn't an identity system for the internet yet. And a lot of people in the space think this is probably one of the big unlocks for crypto and blockchain over the next several years. It seems like such a scary thing to try to explain to people, but I feel like there's so many parallels in the in the analog world or in the social media world. You had your your sort of MySpace handle back in the day, and it would show you who your top friends are, the music you like, the sort of groups you're interested in. And you can kind of think of like what the future of a wallet will be. It's it's effectively the same thing. You'll go to, you know, Frank.eth and you'll see everything. You'll see the NFTs I own, maybe the groups I'm a part of, maybe if we are in a world where music is residing on the blockchain, you can see the the stems that I might have in NFT form. And is that how you would maybe draw the comparison? And And maybe we can walk into a conversation about how the blockchain version of that is superior to the non-blockchain version that we've had kind of exists in, in some iteration or some form. Yeah, I think you hit on something really interesting, which is all these social handles. And like I have my Twitter handle and mm -hmm. uh, my dog has his Instagram handle, right? <laughs> and people have the, your Reddit name uh, or your TikTok ID. And all of these are your identity on that platform. And that identity is actually owned and controlled by that platform. So if you build up reputation as, you know, your name, you know, at your name on Twitter or something, you can't portably take any of that history yeah. or any of that value that you've created yourself when a new platform comes out, um, like TikTok. And this is great for apps because they like to get that user lock in and they're really trying to yeah. like build that, build that walled garden. And so from their perspective, it's nice if they have their own walled garden naming system. And it's interesting because if you look at Crypto wallets, crypto wallets also, some of them have these walled garden naming systems uh, inside of their applications. But when we've been talking about why they should be using a Web3 naming system instead, the light bulb goes on for crypto people because they realize that if you can let the user portably take around their data with them between applications, that you're going to create a better a better system. You won't get that walled garden locked in for those companies, but the individuals will be able to retain the value that they create for themselves on one platform to another. And that's kind of like the ethos of what we're trying to do here in Web3. And that's one of the big differentiators between a traditional naming system inside of an application like Twitter and then a Web3 naming system. So if we could fast forward to a future and you're on Twitter, and then instead of being, you know, your at Twitter handle, you are instead, you're at NFT domain, like matt.nft or something, then when you want to take that reputation with you to another application, you can bring it with you. And we actually see a future where you're able to not only bring you know, your name with you, but you can bring your followers and your contacts, potentially even your posts. Yeah. How does that work? How do you sort of make that interoperable with the existing world? Yeah. So there's lots of projects that are working on this in the back end. I think it's worth calling some of those people out. And what you have to do is you have to attach data back to your your name. And this is just like traditional DNS, right? So if you go back in time, everyone used to have a server and then people would look it up by going to an IP address. But they simplified that by making you know, domain names like .com or whatever. But what that domain name is doing is actually just acting as an alias and pointing to the website. And we think that that's what's going to, the same kind of pattern is going to play out 
with NFT domains and with these Web3 identities is that the identity is just is going to be a place that allows all these applications to look up that additional uh, data about you when you're on those applications. So when you sign into the future, instead of creating a different password for every single application or instead of using one of these SSO protocols like uh, Google Auth or Facebook or Twitter Auth or something like this, you're actually going to use your wallet uh, paired with your NFT yeah. domain. And, the, and then when you sign into those places, those places are going to be able to look at your NFT domain, and then they're going to be able to see where all of your other information is stored that they could then ask you to bring with you to that application. So that's how we think it's going to work is users are going to use their wallets. They're going to be signing into applications just like they do in Web3, but they're going to do that in Web2 as well. And when they sign in, they can permission those applications to go and do those lookups about all that additional information they want to bring with them. And that's where a lot of the gray area is in the identity space right now is figuring out how those lookups work and how you can carry that information with you. And you're just starting to see like some first tries on this. We just recently did badges, for instance, which is a way for you to like for apps to save little pieces of data about you, like saying, hey, yeah. this is the last time you used the app. And then when you log yeah. in again, they can bring it with you. But there's a lot more to be done there. Yeah, we kind of hit on that when we last spoke, when we met. That's super fascinating. I want to get into that because I think it's something that's it's relatable for anyone who has a Apple watch or an iPhone and, you know, you get those seven day streaks, even on Snapchat, which the young kids are using to send images to each other. You have streaks where, you know, it's like represented as the fire emoji, but maybe that could be an NFT and that's in your wallet and you can see who you have your streaks with or how many days in a row you've, you've kind of kept up with your exercises. Like you, you mentioned that you see these consumer use cases kind of being at the forefront, maybe these larger technology companies, social media companies won't adopt some of this stuff until much later. So how do you sort of prioritize where you're doing business? Mm. We try to make sure we're spending the time on the areas that we think will help develop the underlying platform. So what we try to do is we try to look for use cases that have applications across as many apps as possible as a way to do the prioritization at this point. We still think we're at the infrastructure stage for uh, Web3 and specifically Web3 identity. So you want to put your most effort on the things that you think touch the most applications. And so we're always trying to generalize. <laughs> so when we're talking about apps that want to do loyalty programs or whatever, we you know we talk about them as loyalty programs for, for all applications, not just for that app in particular. And then we're also opportunistic. I was actually very surprised that Twitter was so fast to adopt NFT profile picture. Yeah, we talked about that. I was yeah. also very surprised. Yeah, so like, even though some enterprises may be moving slow, there looks like there's a couple others that may move fast. So if we have great conversations with some larger companies and we have a great enterprise team, then we try to move fast with those people as well. And blockchain.com is an example of somebody who was very early and we just launched the dot blockchain extension with them. And we just want to find people on for the larger enterprises, people who are you know, mission aligned with us. And we want to get you know, an NFT domain to every single person on the planet and blockchain.com said, we want to get one to every single one of our users. And so we prioritized that person because that was really quick. And when we talk about it internally, the things that I point out to is the only way the whole world's going to adopt Web3 technology is if we build scalable tech, right? That's all about the platform. But then we also have to make sure they're working with partners in the ecosystem because you're not going to bring 
um, all three or four billion cell phone users on the planet into Web3 by yourself. I mean, you could try, but I certainly don't think you'll get there in any reasonable time frame. And so that's at a high level how we make the priorities here on Unstoppable Domains is, you know, if we have uh, something that we think can be applied to just a whole bunch of people and really will impact our, our platform, we'll push their like loyalty and rewards. We think that's an area. There's a couple others that are interesting. And then on the other side, if there are these larger enterprises that are trying to be, that have proven to be innovative, um, and then their mission aligns what we're trying to do here, then we also have work to try to push those forward as quickly as possible. I don't know if you know this, but we just put out a big company intelligence report on I did un not know. <laughs> unstoppable domains. That's a shout out to our research team. Wendy kind of does a deep dive into the business. If you take a look at the quick takes here, we just closed a $65 million round that made you guys it minted the most recent unicorn. We've been seeing unicorns get unminted in crypto, but I guess that, that was in July. You guys closed that round. So what do you do with $65 million in the space? We kind of talked about your priorities. Now, how do you, how do you take the money and, and have it fit those, those priorities or match rather? Yeah. Well, I would say given the most recent market conditions, you definitely want to do it very carefully. Um, yeah. and, and you want to prioritize the longer term investments right now over some of the shorter term things. And so you've seen that shift um, at our company. And then I think you'll also see that at a lot of others. Now is the time to be investing in your engineering org, your product org, building out uh, you know the, the APIs, the libraries, the other pieces of infrastructure you know that you're going to need to have in 24 to 36 months when the market comes back. It's also a fantastic time to clean up any organizational technical debt you may have accumulated. But yeah, I think you have to be careful in the in the current market conditions about how you do that. For us, I would say the bulk of the money is going to be spent on product and engineering over the next, uh, let's call it two years. And there's gonna be less emphasis on uh, consumer marketing, for instance, in these market conditions. I think that just makes sense for where we are. And the way that we check in for us is we actually track daily product usage and daily number of integrations. So we have just a lot of a lot of metrics that we're tracking on people using naming systems. And we're trying to get more of that information as well so that we can know that we're heading in the right direction. That is a little bit challenging in crypto, right? Because most of the stuff is either on chain. So you have to have people who can do that type of analytics. And then a lot of the stuff that happens outside of your purview. So like we don't know when someone sends a crypto payment to somebody else using an NFT domain, for instance, inside of a wallet. Um, that's one of the primary use cases for NFT domain. So we have to do a lot of <laughs> looking at uh, what's happening on chain to try to determine if what we're doing on the product side is creating changes for users. So I think that's a little bit different for Web3 companies, uh, but that's where we're going to be spending a lot of investment over the next two, three years. Mm. So trying to figure out if like you're actually finding product market fit by looking at the on-chain data or trying to make sense of the on-chain data. Right, right. And, and we're not the only company that's in there working on this right now. There's a lot of great companies who are doing blockchain analytics and we actually rely on those. So this is not something that we spend a lot of time on, but we spend a lot of time on you know building our products for ourselves. And we need to make sure that uh, those are actually getting in use with users. And last year, I think everyone agrees there was a significant amount of speculation in the uh, crypto space, specifically for NFTs, and uh, we need to move to utility. And I think that uh, we were fortunate in that NFT domains have always been about utility because the very first thing you did with them was set them up for sending crypto payments, which is different than- Yes, but uh, isn't it weird how there is a bit of speculation in that in that market? It's almost like, 
Yeah. It's almost like land during, you know, California yes. land during the gold rush. And it's intangible to an extent, which makes it even stranger, right? People are buying the, you know, the, the Frank domain, you know, probably is worth tons and tons. Yeah, we've, I will, I will be the first to raise my hand and say like, I did not think that the speculation would be at the level that it got to uh, last year. Cause we've been here since 2018. And yeah. so we've had, we've had, you know, when we were originally doing this, it was just, you know, a lot of hardcore crypto people. And so to push back against, in order to make sure that utility really is getting out there, you have to actively design that into your product. And that's one of the reasons why we're working really closely with a lot of these wallets to make sure that we can get you know, domain distribution at scale. Free domains is a really good example of that. Um, and we think that if you continue to have that focus on utility for users, at least in the domain NFT space, that's going to be the thing that actually drives long-term value. So what I'm trying to say is if you just focus on speculation, and I know there's a lot of hype around uh, domains, especially this past summer, uh, and then also end of last year, that that's just going to be a short-term thing. So some of that, it does help with industry exposure. I think that's super important. Speculation definitely drives markets and it's about getting the right balance. Get ready for season three of the Tron Grand Hackathon 2022. There are a total of $1.2 million in prizes up for grabs in Web3, DeFi, GameFi, NFTs, and the newly added Academy and Ecosystem tracks. So what are you waiting for? Join Tron for an opportunity to showcase your work, win funding for your project, and network with other builders in the community. Tron Grand Hackathon, presented by TronDAO. To learn more, visit trondao.org. Are you eager to make more informed decisions around crypto using data you can trust? Chainalysis is here to help. Chainalysis demystifies cryptocurrency by providing industry-leading compliance, market intelligence, and investigation support for all crypto assets for organizations like Gemini, Crypto.com, and BlockFi. Gain unparalleled visibility and maximize your potential with the leading blockchain data platform by visiting chainalysis.com slash the scoop now. This episode is brought to you by IWC. IWC Schaffhausen is known for continually innovating within the world of Swiss watchmaking. A pioneer in the use of titanium and ceramics, IWC today specializes in highly engineered watch cases manufactured from advanced materials such as colored ceramics, ceritanium, and titanium aluminide. This year's collection includes colored ceramic pieces in Lake Tahoe white and woodland green. Discover the new collection at IWC.com or download the IWC app to experience a virtual try-on now. I remember having folks, you know, in my DMs trying to sell me the, the various Frank-related domains. Mustache.eth. Mustache.eth. Wow. Yeah, I think that's yeah. probably that's probably a good one. And the thing is, is like these things do have value. So those people are not wrong in like going about it that way. And if you think about it, some of these some of these regular .com domain names, which are for those are mostly for businesses. So it's like 20 to 50 million businesses that have registered about 350, you know, dot com like domains for on the DNS system. And mm -hmm. the difference is NFT domains are more for users. So there's like three to four billion users. So it's a much larger pool of people. Um, but then if you think about like what type of domain names or what type of NFT domains are going to be 
popular for you know, personal identity as opposed to like businesses, I think there is a little bit of shifting there. And you are seeing things like, you know, people's names like Frank or, or something that's branded to you, like your mustache or something like that as achieving really high premiums. Whereas on the regular domain name, it'll be like things like travel or hotel.com or something like that, that seems to get the highest market prices. So it's a brand new space. There's a lot for people to figure out. And I think because it's crypto, you're going to have those people speculating on what they think the future is going to be. That's just natural to this market. And God love them. I mean, I think it's good for them to be out there and, and testing out the waters. Uh, but as a company working on the domain name system, we're going to stay focused on how we can drive long-term value by building more features and functionality um, for domains. So we're going to do our job and we'll let the speculators uh, play around in the market and have fun. It is fun to watch though. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting to think about where the value derives for some of these things. I, I did a, one of the more fun articles I wrote last year was on how metaverse land is valued. And we don't think as long and hard about this, but there are people out there who think really long and hard about, you know, what some parcel in a given metaverse is worth. And similarly, what, what makes a good domain or what, what makes for like where the value is in these domains. And this isn't new, right? People used to sit on web two domains for ages. So I think it was Mark Cuban who like made quite a bit of money doing that. If I'm recalling his history correctly. Yeah. And the parallels are just interesting. Like, you know, land, right. And there's speculators mm -hmm. on land all the time. And now we have uh, metaverse land and people are speculating on that. It is super interesting to try to figure out how people put values on those things. And then if you look at, People trying to figure out what the primitives are going to be. Uh, you know, what's more important? Is it going to be the land or is it going to be your consistent identity across those metaverses that's going to be uh, yeah. more, more important? Or maybe it's going to be something completely else. Like we saw a lot of experiments with NFTs last year. And I thought one of the most interesting was loot, right? And they actually said it's not the picture on the NFT that matters. It's like, you know, the set of attributes that go with that NFT. And then you can carry those around different NFT projects. So there's a lot of innovation still to be had in virtual spaces. But I do think that names are going to be around. And the reason why I think that is they're really good for simplifying lookups to find other people that you're looking for. And uh, right now that's simply just trying to find their cryptocurrency address. But like I was alluding to, maybe you want to find more information about that person, uh, verify their uh, KYC credentials, or maybe see if they're part of a club that you're in, or maybe you want to see where they are right now in the metaverse. So I think, I think names have a good chance of being a very important piece of our digital infrastructure um, in the future. And they've always been important to our lives. I mean, we were kind of joking about this before we turned on the mics. It, it says a lot about you, or at least it used to, right? When you were the son of a goldsmith, you'd be goldson or, or something, et cetera, et cetera. Or we were talking about if your father was a priest, you'd be priest son or something like that. Yeah. And I think that having consistent names is only going to get more important uh, because they help you address a couple of problems that we have on the internet. And uh, one of those is you don't have the ability to take your stuff around with you and be consistent. And we kind of talked about yeah. that. We talked about that earlier. But that's pretty powerful, right? Because think about, I mean, the most glaring benefit of that to me is you can go onto a new social platform 
And automatically, if there are followers on platform B that you have on platform A, it can port almost. And then they are automatically, you have the same audience to the extent that that audience lives on that other platform. Yes. And that's just, that's just huge. Yeah. And it creates so much more competition on these social apps. And like you look at people trying to launch new social apps and it's a lot of work because it's really hard to build a network effect. But if you allow users to have their own network effect and essentially like bring that network effect with them as they move between applications, then those platforms lose a lot of their lock-in power. And I think it makes them have to do a better job at being a platform for social connection. And I don't think that our platforms right now are built to be great places to meet other people or to have great thoughts. They've been built as great places to shove ads down people's throats. Um, and I think mm -hmm. a lot of that problem, because I believe in markets, is because they haven't had to be they haven't had to compete to be better at being um, social platforms. And we already have this technology on your cell phone, right? When you download an app, you can import your contacts on that messaging mm -hmm. app, like when I download Signal. So we already have, we've, we've seen this work before and it's super helpful in other places. So I think it's that kind of opening up and that's what people talk about. You know, when people talk about Web3, they talk about ownership and, and you being able to own your data and take it around. But when, when that happens, you actually create new business models and when you give users more empowerment over their data, I actually think you end up creating a system where all the applications they interact with have to do better. And we definitely need that. So, and then the second piece that I think is huge is reputation. And, mm -hmm. you know, it just, that just naturally follows. So if you are the same person across all the apps, now you can build up reputation. And I think the internet right now just has tons of bots, right? They've got tons of fake accounts. Uh, there's a lot of scammers. There's a lot of fraud <laughs> online. And we need more spaces for people to interact where they where they can bring their reputation with them, right? And and people talk about like, oh, I want to be anonymous online, and I want to have my you know you know extreme anonymous privacy. And I would say you already have a lot of those forms. And the thing that we're actually missing online are more spaces where people have their reputation with them, and specifically simple things like buying and selling stuff right so like on ebay if you get if someone scams you on ebay that scammer can just create a new account and then scam someone else on ebay or they can just create a new account and scam someone on amazon uh you know marketplace or something and if we had consistent reputation on the internet we'd make it extremely expensive for people to spin up fake reputations like right now spinning up a bot on twitter you know, it's probably a, you know less than a dollar 10 cents or something to get bot yeah. accounts or something so i think that reputation that it comes from having persistent digital identities is another huge benefit. I mean, not only owning your data, but being able to create your reputation will make online interactions uh, hopefully more pleasant. Yeah, that's a really good point. And again, like there, the, the ceiling there is kind of, I mean, that can not just cross, you know, various internet or, you know, web two platforms, web three, but also just things in your everyday life, right? I mean, who, who knows what we could see in the vein of like a social credit score to an extent, or maybe our, you know, maybe even we get the, the credit reporting agencies to kind of get involved in this. I mean, there's a lot of crazy things that seem outside the scope of possibility today that could yeah. happen. You have a lot of data out there that's tons, tons that's, that's not aggregated 
that you don't have the ability to look at and say if it's right or wrong. Like you have a credit score out there. Or it's not working for you, right? Like it's not, it's not being put to work to an extent. Like our credit scores incorporate seven things or something, something close to seven, maybe it's eight, maybe it's six, whether you are making payments on time, the number of accounts you have open, the amount of credit you have extended that you haven't used your, your age, but there there's, there could be potentially like, you know, dozens more that glean from the various data that sits out there about you that is relevant, you know, <laughs> this is stupid, but you got a Venmo request, how quickly you pay it back. You know, that data is there. It's just not being used, you know? Yeah. And I think that you underestimate, like people underestimate how many places that they interact with, where it'd be nice to have their ID with their identity travel with them. You know, everything from like calling my Uber driver, you know, and I could see his name is like uberdriver.nft or whatever. And I could see, you know, mm. information about him that may make me feel more comfortable as a passenger um, to uh, dating apps that might be a little dystopian, but I'm sure that there's a future yeah. there for people to bring their reputation with them on those. And then uh, to, you know, maybe more simple things like rewards programs. I think some but, people wouldn't want that incorporated into the dating apps. Yeah, I think that that that's one that I won't touch on because that's a that's a definitely that's an innovative and also just absolutely that's a scary crazy thing. Area. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But for things like DeFi lending, right? Like that, I think would be something that people would be you know they, they can you understand. You check on the blockchain if he's constantly asking if 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 the gentleman's asking to go Dutch all the time. And then red flag, <laughs> yeah. digital yeah. red flags. Digital red flags. I think there's going to be more of those. And then there's also going to be green flags, which is something that I think that we don't have enough of online right now. And, you know, something as simple as when someone reaches out to me on Twitter, you know, I have to do like 15 minutes of Googling to try to see, you know, who is this person? And and uh, if we could make those things a lot easier, I think we'd have a lot more connections. So a lot of the things that we're missing in our day-to-day interactions, I think, are because we don't have a form of digital reputation. And I'm actually excited about what kind of uh, marketplaces and, and businesses and lending protocols and all sorts of new things that could be created by having some sort of persistent reputation. Like you're saying, there's a lot of things that aren't being tracked. Like your life right now is determined by like 12 numbers or something for your credit score. And mm. what if you're, you know, really, what if you're a really amazing em- employee and uh, you have a lot of industry experience in carpentry or something like that? And there's not really a way for you to take that credential around with you to a bunch of different places right now, it's super convenient, especially between countries. We just had a lot of people uh, migrate in Europe because of the Ukraine war. And they there's a lot of those people who have lost um, a lot of their work history or maybe their credentials for doing this or that. And it's not portable with them as they move around. And they've lost it, everything from their you know, their work credentials to their healthcare records. Um, we need to make it much more easy for people to take their digital information with them online, you know, between metaverse spaces, you know, between Decentraland and, and uh, Facebook's metaverse or whatever. And, but also in the physical world, when you move maybe from one place to another. Yeah. Well, it's interesting though. I don't know if you ever uh, watch SpongeBob, but there's that one episode where I think he loses his ID and then he has this identity crisis where he doesn't know where he is or who he is. If you lose your ID or your, this, my COVID passport thing, life becomes tricky, but you, you can go to the DMV and they'll give you a new one. If you lose your registration, call the DMV, et cetera. 
But there's this new technical risk to a digital identity that if, you know, if you lose your keys, do you then lose your identity? Do you cease becoming who you are? Like SpongeBob. Yeah. So I'm optimistic about this. I still think we're really early, right? We've only registered two and a half million domains and like the number of apps is still in the hundreds, not quite thousands for this. So we're like, we got to remember, like we're at the very beginning of this process for NFT identity. And I think that you're going to have custody solutions back up recovery. We just on the mobile app made it so you could back up your domain name to your iCloud account if you want to, for instance. You could even have a future where you'd be able to go and recover your digital domain by going back into the DMV. Right now, that sounds awful. So I hope we could find something better than that. But I'm just saying that all of those things that you could have for recovery for your physical ID, you could also implement implement something similar for that for your um, digital ID or your NFT domain. And this is a industry-wide problem. So like everyone's worried about losing their keys for their crypto. And there's, I think it's already gotten better, but we could do much better as an industry over the next five or 10 years. But I think those solutions are coming for custody. I, we're working on solutions at Ensemble Domains. We're working on multi-key recovery for your domain name, being able to assign somebody as a friend for social recovery. This has happened on other crypto assets already. Just simple backups to your iCloud, things like that. And I think there's going to be more of that to come. But yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a risk near term for people on recovering their NFT domains. It's the same as any other crypto asset at this point. Uh, but I do think long term, those are just technical problems to be solved and not limitations of the technology. Yeah, that's a good point. So what are you, what are you most excited about going into the next few months of the year? Well, we're very excited about Brave and our integration mm. with them as a web browser. So they are expanding out our integration to all of our TLDs. Uh, we recently made a migration to Polygon, and that was to reduce gas fees by you know, 100x or something like that. And so Brave is now rolling out support for all of the TLDs that we currently have now to you know the more than 2 million registered domains on Brave. And they have been one of the fastest growing browsers out there over the past decade and pro probably definitely the most successful inside or one of the most successful inside of crypto along with um, opera who also is supporting our domains and if you look at history it's actually pretty interesting um, when you see opera support something and brave i would say is also in this category mm -hmm. somewhere about five five to seven years later, you start to see the other browsers support it. And so for us, we think that's a really big step for getting these domain names recognized as endpoints for uh, individual digital identity. So we think that's, I think that's super big. And then the other things are all around continuing to expand out our ability to offer domains through other registrars. So we're very interested in working with big players in the space to have NFT domains uh, show up along with regular domain sales on these other websites. We just were at NamesCon uh, <laughs> earlier this month, and it's a uh, it's important to make those industry inroads. And we're trying to tell the domain name industry that this is a huge new market for them. We actually think this market is 100x bigger than their traditional mm. market in terms of how many customers are that they could potentially be serving. Because again, three to 4 billion users versus 20 to 50 million uh, businesses. And they have a lot of learning to do. Like, what does it mean to custody a, a digital asset? And so we're, we're investing a lot of tooling into making that easier uh, for those companies as well. So those are just two off the top of my head. And you know, I'm excited about every single integration <laughs> that we launched. So we have over 300 live integrations now. Uh, I think we're going to continue to push those out at a good pace this year. I think we should be in the tens of thousands of integrations over the next couple of years uh, for NFT domains and just making them, you know, giving them more utility 
everywhere you interact online. The integrator. Yes. <laughs> Somebody's got to go out there. I'm going to do it. Yeah, we, we got to get everybody too. It's all the Web3 apps, of course, and all the crypto people, but it's also Web2. I mean, I think there's some some interesting commentary. What would your dream Web2 integration be? Uh, I think you know Twitter or PayPal are both two really big ones. Twitter for your social reputation, and then PayPal for your uh, financial uh, your financial stuff. All right, if you're listening, so I feel bad we didn't really get into too much of your background, but how'd you, yeah, how'd you get involved in all this? Well, I was out in San Francisco working for a startup uh, that went through. As one does in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As one does in San Francisco. And uh, they had gone through YC and I was one of the first um, early employees there. So was very much in the tech scene. And if you were in San Francisco back in 2012, 2013, there was a Bitcoin event every week right so you know like wow, every night yeah. uh, every night almost and so i started going to all those events and i kind of got sucked in and so i spent my nights and weekends working on crypto projects and you know i ran a bitcoin node at my house uh my uh, roommate had bitcoin miners which were loud and and hot right so so got in super early playing around with it and actually i was interested i was in it for the tech i was one of those guys and I was interested in all the non-financial use cases for blockchain because I saw what Bitcoin was doing for money. And I just thought to myself, like, that's the solution for money. We're done. Uh, and, you know, obviously there was a lot more innovation to happen there. But I really got interested in things for uh, supply chains. Um, and then uh, I was interested in reputation actually pretty early. Uh, naming services, Namecoin was also out there. And uh, eventually that led into NFTs. And so we were actually playing around with NFTs before NFTs existed, you know, ERC-20 tokens on Ethereum with special characteristics or whatever, and just happened to be the right place, the right time. Really thought naming systems were a way we could bring on the next uh, 100 million or billion users to crypto because sending crypto was such a pain uh, with those hex addresses. And uh, I guess the rest is kind of the rest is kind of history here at Unsolvable Domains. And we've been in here since 20, even earlier than 2018, 2017, working on crypto projects, went full-time in crypto that year. Um, and then my co-founder and I started Unstoppable Domains January uh, 2018. And we've just been working on NFT domains uh, since then. Back in the throes of the bear market. That was the best time to build because you knew you had to build something that actually provided utility <laughs> because like the only people buying an nft domain back then were hardcore crypto people who were like yeah this does make sense you know i want to make this easier for me to send crypto payments to each other so uh you really had to talk to your customers back then i liked it and i think we may be in another pretty serious bear market here but we'll see yeah it definitely feels that way well thank you so much matt for joining the show uh where can our listeners learn more about you and what you're working on at unstoppable domains yeah, please check us out. Uh, we're on Twitter at Unstoppable Web. Uh, you can also check out our website, unstoppabledomains.com. We too have a podcast. So if you want to hear a little bit more about our history, you can go back. There's a couple hundred episodes on there. And uh, you can also find us on Telegram or just send us a DM on Twitter and we'll get back to you. Awesome. Really appreciate you coming back on the show. We'll have to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Frank. The Scoop will be back for you again with another great guest. Have an awesome day.